your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 368 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And I just wanted to kind of make mention of Memorial Day. As I'm recording this episode, this is uh, another of these three pre-taped episodes that we're doing here this week because I'm going to be away, and so I just wanted to uh, record a couple episodes over the weekend. It's Sunday morning right now, and uh, set them to go live at various points during the week, but I just wanted to say something about Memorial Day, and I I realize, again, the timing is a little bit wonky. Uh, Again, as I'm saying these words, it is Sunday morning. As you're hearing them, it's Thursday morning at the earliest. But yeah, I mean, for Memorial Day, I just wanted to say, um, you know, just a couple of words real quick here. It's the most selfless thing that I think anybody can do, and it's amazing. I mean, anybody that's lost their lives, women, men in the military, uh, in the line of service, they are people that have far more bravery and far more selflessness than I will ever have, and uh, I don't... I don't have the words for it. You know, I can't thank those people enough for, you know, everything that they've done. And, you know, I realize Memorial Day is obviously to honor those service women and men that have lost their lives in the line of duty. But for anybody who's served and might be listening to this right now, once again, thank you so much. Uh, you are far braver, far more selfless than I will ever be. And I uh, just, just can't say enough. I, there, there's no words for it. it. It's very hard to articulate it. Uh, just, just, again, the most selfless thing that I think anybody can do really. Um, so just wanted to, uh, acknowledge Memorial Day first and foremost. And obviously my heart definitely goes out to anybody who's lost, you know, a family member, a friend, whatever it might be, uh, in the line of service. But, uh, I thought we could dive back into our countdown today. And our most recent episode, what we did was we took a look at, we, it's going to be a two-parter. We took a look at the top 10 best Ranger wins of the season. We did part one, which was the 10th best win through the sixth best win. At some point, we will definitely, uh, probably next week, move on to numbers five through one. So that's obviously a fun countdown. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, this one has a little bit of a uh, kind of a bummer feel to it because we're going to be looking at the top five worst Ranger losses of 2020-2021. Again, I didn't feel like we had to go through the top 10 worst Ranger losses. I didn't want to beat a dead horse. It was a challenging enough season for us as Ranger fans, all the ups and downs that we went through. Uh, But, you know, again, I think it's only fair to at least look at the top five worst losses as well if we're going to look at the top 10 best wins. So, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and just dive right back into the countdown here. We're going to start with a 2-1 to loss in D.C. against the Washington Capitals on March 19th. And I didn't want to make all five of these games on this list just games where the Rangers were flat and they didn't show up and they just played terrible hockey, this, that, and the other thing. I wanted to have at least one loss on this countdown where it wasn't so much that the Rangers played terrible hockey. It's just, man, was it a gut punch uh, to see them come up short in this game. And don't worry, we'll, we'll get to the really bad performances in a minute here as well. But like I said, I wanted to have a little bit of variety here. And to me, this wasn't a badly played game by the Rangers. In fact, this is just an excellently played hockey game overall. Uh, it's Rangers caps. It was uh, maybe a little bit low scoring than we're used to getting from Rangers capitals, but a tense battle nevertheless. Uh, and again, we mentioned this during the top 10 best wins in the most recent episode, but this is a situation where everything was kind of building and building all season between these two teams to what would eventually happen uh, regarding Tom Wilson, you know, and just, and the game after that, where it was basically just, you know, a uh, WWE Royal Rumble, 
with all the fighting and everything. But yeah, I mean, the intensity had really picked up by this point. And it's one of those games, I just don't even know what happened. I don't know how the Rangers lost this game. They held the Capitals. They, they were they were brilliant in this game. They had a one nothing lead, and they held the Capitals to just 11 shots on net through the first two periods. And this is a Caps team that came into this game with six consecutive wins and nine wins in their last 10. So uh, the Capitals were feeling it. Once again, it's a team that can get hot at any given time during the season. They do not struggle to put the puck in the net. And the Rangers completely shut them down. Now, the Rangers got a power play goal from Artemi Panarin. Uh, so that obviously put them up one to nothing. Alex Georgiev had a really strong night. He'd gone through some slumps not too long before this. But by this point, he had kind of uh, put his troubles behind him, shall we say. He had recently been yanked out of two consecutive games in favor of Keith Kincaid because Igor Shesterkin was out during this time. Uh, but, you know, we get to the third period. The Rangers are still up one to nothing with just six minutes to go. Uh, there's a shot from the left side. And the save is made, but Alex Ovechkin is there in the crease, and he buries the rebound. So that ties the game. And then the exact same thing happened three minutes later. I mean, it legitimately looked like a replay of the goal that the Capitals just scored. So, I mean, again, shot put on net. Alex Ovechkin is there. He buries it from the doorstep. And it's now 2-1 to one Capitals with 3.30 left. If you rewind three minutes, the Rangers had a one nothing lead, and it looked like they were going to go on to, uh, you know, a really impressive win here. But unfortunately, Rangers now trail 2-1 to one with 3.30 left. This was a very defensive game. And, you know, you're hoping, you know, well, maybe the Rangers can tie it, get this thing into overtime, and we can have a really dramatic win here. But it was not meant to be. Uh, the Rangers could not get anything going in the last couple of minutes there, and they lost. And, again, just a total gut punch because the Rangers played great in this game. It was a very well-played game of hockey. I thought they definitely outplayed the Capitals on this night, but wasn't meant to be, and the Rangers suffer a 2-1 to loss. And I figure, you know, we had in our last episode during the top 10 best Ranger wins, we were doing the goal of the game. We we can still do that here. I mean, the Rangers obviously lost all these games, but we can still talk about the goal of the game. And so obviously the goal of the game is going to go to Artemi Panarin. He scores on the power play to give the Rangers a one to nothing lead late in the first period. Kind of a crazy play here. So Adam Fox, he's got the puck at the blue line. The Rangers are on the power play, like I said, and he takes a shot through traffic. It hits off the left post and actually... Uh, hits the post with such authority that it really came bouncing back into the right face-off circle. And Ryan Strom saw it. He read the play really fast, got to the loose puck, and immediately made a cross-ice pass to Artemi Panarin. And Panarin is in his office in the left face-off circle there. He winds back, lets it fly, and uh, beats Vidic Vanacek for what turned out to be the only goal that the Rangers would score in this game and gives them a one to nothing lead. It looked like that lead might hold up, but as we talked about, was not meant to happen. But it only gets worse from here, guys. We're going to continue this countdown in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
Com. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Wealthfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. All right, on to number four here. It's going to be a 4 to nothing shutout loss in Boston against the Bruins on March 11th. This was actually right before the Rangers got hot. You know, the middle of March through getting toward the end of April is when the Rangers definitely had their best stretch of the season. But this was bad. I mean, this was basically just a complete nothing performance for the Rangers. Uh, they had won six out of eight not too long before this. But then this was their third consecutive loss, so they were kind of undoing the good that they had done uh, during that recent uh, winning six out of eight stretch. The Rangers had absolutely no answer for Pasternak and Marchand. Alex Georgiev, this is when he was really struggling. He was yanked out of the game in favor of Keith Kincaid after he gives up four goals on only 14 shots. Just really kind of looked lost out there. I mean, Georgiev Overall, I think had a decent season for the Rangers, but when he was cold, I mean, he was ice cold, and he went through a really, really difficult stretch here, uh, kind of in the middle of the season. But this was the second straight game, again, that the Rangers had to pull Alex Georgiev. So you know this was doing some damage to his confidence, but you know the Bruins went up 3 to nothing early in the second period, and then a couple minutes later, it's 4 to nothing, and that's when Quinn pulled Alex Georgiev and called his timeout. Uh, this was a game where the Rangers clearly were not playing with any confidence whatsoever. It's funny because they had a strong first four minutes of this game. You know, I thought they came out, you know, playing pretty well against a tough team once again on the road. And then Pasternak scored a really soft goal, and you could just see it, man. The Rangers completely deflated at that point. Uh, when the score went to 2 to nothing in the first period, and it did so when Brad Marchand scored shorthanded. So, obviously, a shorthanded goal is always a gut punch. And, you know, Marchand basically just picked up the puck, went through all three zones, weaved his way through seemingly every player on the Rangers and scored. Uh, that made the score 2 to nothing at that point. And it kind of felt like the game was over. And this is coming from somebody who, once again, I tend to be uh, really glass half full when it comes to this stuff. I always think that, you know, hey, the Rangers can come back. But when you consider the quality of the opponent here and just how flat and lifeless the Rangers looked, uh, how poor Alex Georgiev had been playing recently and how poor he had started this game as well, it really just kind of felt like this game was over, even though it was only the first period. And on top of all this, you know, Boston is one of the teams that the Rangers were trying to track down late in the season, right? For a long time, the Bruins were the team in fourth place. I know they ended up jumping up to third and the Islanders went down to fourth, but the Bruins for a while seemed like they could be the one team that the Rangers could catch if they were going to finish in fourth place and squeak their way into the playoffs. And obviously that didn't happen. But Boston was a complete mess coming into this game. They had only won three out of their last 10 games before this. They couldn't score any goals. And the Rangers give them a get-right game. I, I think I mentioned this at the time. This was a get-right game for the Boston Bruins where everything just kind of clicked. And to further kind of build on that, David Krejci, you know, this is March 11th. He had not scored a goal all season, and he scored a goal in this game. And Jake DeBrusque, 
He had been a mess for the Bruins. He had actually been a healthy scratch in a recent game, and he scored a goal here. So the Rangers basically just said, hey, listen, Bruins, everything that ails you, everything that's kind of gone wrong, uh, go ahead and fix it at our expense in, in today's game. And I realize they didn't literally say that, but you get the idea here. That's kind of what it felt like. It was a get-right game for the Bruins and just a complete disaster for the Rangers. All right, on to number three, the uh, bronze medal of bad performances, shall we say. And this is going to be a 5-2 to loss at home against the New Jersey Devils back on February 26th. This loss dropped the Rangers to 0-2 against the Devils on the season. So that's strike one. I mean, the Devils were not a good team this past year. The Rangers uh, should not have been losing their first two games to the New Jersey Devils. And everything was set up for the Rangers to win this game. They simply have more talent. They are the better team. And on top of that, the Devils had not played a hockey game or really done anything hockey-related in 16 days due to some COVID postponements. And so you think it's advantage Rangers. And I mentioned this a little bit on the top 10 countdown because right after this loss, uh, to the Devils, this really bad loss, there was a really good win that actually made its way onto my top 10 list of the Ranger best wins of the season. But again, you know, the Devils hadn't played in two weeks, and you could argue that, well, you know, they have fresh legs, they're they're chomping at the bit to get back out there, they're going to be ready, they're going to be all set to go. And, you know, there's some truth to that for sure. But to me, the fact that they hadn't played in two weeks, that works against them more than it works for them, because hockey players aren't used to that, man. They, they don't want a two-week break in the middle of the season. And so, I, to me, it should have been advantage Rangers, but this was anything but that. The Rangers really struggled to get out of the starting blocks in this game, really kind of scuffled in the first period. They were fortunate, probably, that it was still scoreless after one period. And, you know, they did a little bit better in the second period. They did fall behind one to nothing on a goal by Pavel Zaka, but they answered back less than four minutes later. Colin Blackwell with his second goal of the season. He ties the game. Brett Howden with a rare assist on that goal as well. And then uh, Will Butcher scores about six minutes after that to give the Devils a 2-1 to one lead. And then Pavel Buchnevich scores very late in the second period, which is 27 seconds to go. Assists coming from Chris Kreider and Jacob Truba. So you're thinking like, all right, you know, the Rangers have been up and down in this game, but they are the better team. Uh, the Devils, you know, maybe they'll wear down a little bit. It's going into the third period now, and they haven't played hockey. Maybe their conditioning isn't uh, where you would expect it to be, given that they hadn't played any hockey recently. And you're thinking that this game is basically the Rangers for the taking, and no, it just doesn't happen that way. Instead, the Devils just completely run away with the game. Three goals in the third period from Sharon Govich, Merkley, and an empty netter by Maltsev. Uh, just no life for the Rangers in this game. You know, they played well in very brief spurts, like I said, but just didn't have the fire, didn't have the intensity to take advantage of a team that, again, had not played any hockey of any kind in more than two weeks. And Igor Shesterkin, uh, maybe not his best night, but he got no help whatsoever. And uh, this is also the game where Truba was injured. He was supposedly, I believe after this game, they said that he was going to be out for six to eight weeks, and it only ended up being three weeks. I mean, hey, hockey players, right? But uh, to put just uh, the cherry on top of a really lousy Sunday, uh, yeah, Jacob Truba lost with an injury. So, Really, really unfortunate. Just not a good night for the Rangers. It seemed at multiple junctures that they were going to take control of the game and maybe even just run away with it, and it just never happened. Uh, they just kind of jogged side-by-side side next to the Devils, and then you get close to the finish line in the third period, and the Devils sprint, and they win the game going away. So it is what it is, just a bad loss. As far as the goal of the game, 
There's only two to pick from, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to Colin Blackwell. It was actually a really nice play by Brett Howden on this play here because the Devils had the puck in the Rangers zone. It's kind of along the boards, and Howden gets to it. He moves the puck, carries the puck into the neutral zone, and chips it past a Devil defense, and then just kept going after it. Now, at this point, the other uh, New Jersey defense, and I believe it was the other defenseman, but somebody on the Devils came over to get it along the boards, and he tried to, you know, the puck had gone into the Devil zone at this point, and he tried to move the puck back up the boards, but Howden was there. He sealed it off and he intercepts the clearing attempt and skates to his left and then just leaves a nice little drop pass for Colin Blackwell. Blackwell takes care of the rest, picks up the puck in stride, moves toward the net, lets a wrist shot go from the right face-off circle, off the post and in, ties the game at 1-1 for the Rangers. But as we talked about, uh, just wasn't a great game for the Rangers because there were multiple instances in this game, including this one right here, where it seemed like the Rangers could take control and for one reason or another, they just did not. But we're going to get into uh, the top two worst games of the Rangers season in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. All right, up to the silver medal of bad Ranger games this past season, and I think this is one that a lot of you probably knew was coming, and that's going to be the opening night debacle, a 4 to nothing loss at home against the New York Islanders in Madison Square Garden on January 14th. So many people looking so forward to the start of the hockey season, and rightfully so. Uh, you know, everybody had been through a lot with the pandemic and everything like that, and obviously, you know, from a hockey perspective, the Rangers end up getting into the playoffs last year with that crazy 2014 playoff tournament, and they get swept by the Hurricanes despite going 4-0 against them in the regular season. So, you know, for a long time there, we went a long time without much Ranger hockey because the season was paused in March, and then the Rangers had the three playoff games against the Hurricanes, and now it's January. So a 10-month stretch that sees the Rangers play only three hockey games four if you count that one uh, return-to-play exhibition game that they had against the Islanders, but for all intents and purposes, three hockey games. And everybody's looking forward to it. Everybody's looking forward to hopefully seeing the Rangers take that next step, and what you get here was just a completely flat and lifeless performance, completely inexplicable, completely inexcusable to play like this, to play this poorly and this lifelessly on opening night against, you know, a team that's supposedly your biggest rival and you just come out with absolutely nothing. And it was not a banner night for Igor Shesterkin. Uh, really, probably one of his worst performances of the season. A couple of soft goals early. Brock Nelson scores on the power play just 2.33 into the game. Anders Lee then scores less than two minutes later. Uh, Matt Barzell scores late in the first period. That makes it 3 to nothing. And then Anders Lee scores late in the second period. That makes it 4 to nothing. That was also on the power play. And 4 to nothing was also your final score. But the penalties were just completely out of control. This is the second straight season where the Rangers really scuffled with taking too many penalties. And not just penalties, but the offensive zone penalties. And they're the ones, we've been through this on this podcast before, but those offensive zone, unnecessary, undisciplined penalties, those are the ones that will really drive you crazy. And, uh, you know, the Rangers just 
spent the entire night in the sin bin, it felt like. The Islanders ended up with eight power play opportunities, which is about six too many. Uh, then there was an instance, and this drove me crazy too. It's four to nothing at this point. And there's a loose puck in the crease. Uh, Igor had to move, I believe, to his right to make a save. So he's kind of out of position, and the puck's just laying there. And he had to dive back to his left to get on top of the puck. And Jordan Eberle at this time for the Islanders, he dives in there as well. He's looking to, to knock the puck home, and he's not able to do so. Igor got on top of the puck and prevented Eberle from stuffing it in. But obviously, you know, both those guys are going forward with a ton of momentum, and they basically crash into each other, and Igor just got rocked on this play. I mean, he's laying face down on the ice. And I don't fault Jordan Eberle on this play. I mean, look, there's a loose puck in the crease. He's diving. He wants to score a goal. He does what pretty much any player in the NHL would have done in that instance. But if you're the Rangers, that doesn't mean you can't get angry about this. How does nobody on the ice go after Jordan Eberle after this? This guy just KO'd your goalie. Your goalie's laying face down on the ice, not moving. I mean, this this could have really been bad. And Jordan Eberle, for one reason or another, gets a free pass from the Rangers. And again, it was not a dirty play at all, but you can still react to that. It should still make you mad if you're the Rangers to see your goalie get rocked like this. And, uh, you know, you should want to go after the guy who did it. And I mean, I'm not saying go to Tom Wilson levels of insanity, but I mean, do something. Drag him out of the crease or, you know, push him and shove him. Do something. Um, you know, cause some kind of uh, a commotion between these two teams. Because that's the thing. This was Rangers-Islanders, and you never would have known it. There was no, like, real animosity. And again, I'm not saying you got to, you know, attack everybody out there and just be completely out of control, but there should be a little bit of chippiness to this. You know, it's opening night, and it's Rangers-Islanders. So that was really disappointing as well. And I also thought David Quinn had a really rough night here. Uh, Keandre Miller. So he struggled on opening night, and it was not at all a sign of what was to come because I thought after this shaky uh, NHL debut that Keandre Miller had here, I thought he played exceptionally well uh, going forward after this. And this is really Miller's only early season hiccup, but I thought Quinn did something that just didn't make any sense here. So the Rangers are down 4 to nothing. Nobody's playing well. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. And he basically just pulled Keandre Miller off the ice and benched him and just didn't put him back out there. And as this is happening, I'm thinking like, you know what? This entire team has played bad tonight. And I think the coaching staff has to bear at least some responsibility for that, for having their guys this flat on opening night. How are you going to like target Keandre Miller and pull him off the ice? I just don't think that makes any sense in that situation. It's not like this is a one-goal game and you're afraid to put Miller out there because you know you don't want him to make a mistake and give up a goal. It was 4 to nothing, and... I think the longer you leave Keandre Miller or any young player, any rookie who's making his NHL debut, the longer you leave him on the bench like that to sit and think about what he's done, probably the worse it's going to be. Now, he eventually did put him back out there a little bit later in the third period, but that was just bizarre to me to see him just kind of pull Keandre Miller uh, off the ice for a large chunk of a game that was basically already lost. Uh, Tony D'Angelo was a disaster in this game. He took a, a bad penalty and then slammed the door and got another two minutes for that. We all know what happened after that. D'Angelo's a healthy scratch for the next two games and ends up being put on waivers not too long after this, and his Ranger tenure came to an end. But, you know, I also, looking back on this now and, and realizing that, you know, Jeff Gordon and JD got fired, I mean, this doesn't really have a lot to do with their firings, but it could have had something to do with the firing of David Quinn. I mean, I don't know that it can really be ruled out because this performance really stood out. I mean, this is opening night. This is Rangers Islanders and they lose 4 nothing. And on top of that, they were just completely flat. So I can't help but wonder if this is uh, one of the big games that really kind of counted against David Quinn as far as him potentially getting one more season with the Rangers or not. Obviously, we know he got fired at the end of the season. And this, to me, might have been one of those games that just kind of really stood out and maybe played uh, something of a role in the decision to move on from David Quinn. 
All right, and then finally, the uh, gold medal of awful Ranger games from this past season. It's going to be a 4 nothing loss at home against the New York Islanders on April 29th. I really kind of uh, debated with myself whether to put this at number one or whether to put the opening night debacle at number one. I ended up settling on this one just because this was such a devastating loss. You were getting to the point at, at this juncture of the season where you could actually believe that maybe the Rangers were still in the playoff chase and maybe they could even find a way to get in there and this was just a devastating loss and a horrible game to watch on top of that whereas the opening night game I mean as bad as it was I mean you are just 0-1 you've got the entire season still in front of you it's obviously not an ideal way to begin the campaign but there's a long way to go and this one basically just crippled the Ranger playoff chances and on top of that just an absolutely horrendous game to watch from the opening faceoff to the final horn of this game the Rangers just never really gave you a reason to feel good about their chances, never gave you a reason to believe that they were playing with any urgency and that this was a very big game for them, uh, never gave you any reason to believe that they were going to win the game. It was the sixth to last game of the regular season, once again happening on April 29th. And, you know, if you win this game and, and say you win it in regulation, playoffs remain a possibility. But this loss dropped the Rangers to six points out of the playoffs with just five games remaining. So it's looking basically impossible at that point. Had they won this game and done so in regulation, I believe they would have only been two points behind the Bruins. Yeah, they would have been. They would have only been two points behind the Bruins. And I believe three points behind the New York Islanders. Now, it's important to remember at this point in the season, Boston did have two games in hand on the Rangers, but the Rangers were also still going to play the Bruins two more times. So the bottom line, it's a long way of saying it would have kept the door open. It would have kept the possibility alive of the Rangers making the playoffs. And on top of everything that I just said here, just a boring hockey game. And I, I don't break out the B word very often when it comes to hockey. I think it's an inherently exciting sport. But, you know, the Islanders, they just play this plotting style. And, and look, I know it works for them, but it doesn't make it any more fun to watch. And I am very happy to say that I was able to watch all 56 games of the Rangers season in their entirety this year. I mean, there were maybe two or three that I had to record and then watch later that night or watch the next morning, whatever it might have been. But I did get to watch all 56 games of the regular season this year. But this was as close to any game, any Ranger game that I had this year that I came to just flat out turning off the TV and just going to bed and just saying, you know what, this isn't going to happen. Enough is enough. Uh, I ended up sticking with it. But as soon as it went three to nothing and uh, Beauvillier, you know, he scored a goal just 103 into the third period to make it three to nothing. He's kind of established himself as another Ranger killer. When Beauvillier scored 103 into the second period, this game was over. There was no coming back from it. And again, I tend to be glass half full. I tend to be very optimistic when I'm watching these games, I never think that a series is over, a playoff series, you know, if it's three games to one or three games to none, whatever it might be. I always think, you know, the tide can turn and a team can come roaring back. When this game went 3 nothing, it was over. There was, It just was not going to happen. The Rangers could have played nine periods in this game. I don't think they would have scored three goals. And, you know, at this point, there were still almost two full periods to go, uh, 39 minutes of this slog remaining, and you know that there's no hope. And that's why I came, like I said, as close as I've come at any point in either season since this podcast has existed to just flat out turning off the game and saying, you know what, I'm going to find something else to do with my time here tonight. But I stuck with it, got through the slog, and... You know, another shutout for Semyon Varlamov, because why not? He stopped all 25 shots that he faced, and it's another one of those games that I think really might have kind of sealed the deal for David Quinn, because, you know, this was a critical game. The Rangers had absolutely nothing to offer in this game. They got absolutely smoked, basically run off the ice, and 
I know it didn't officially eliminate them from the playoffs, but after they lost this game, I mean, it was pretty much no playoffs for the Rangers. And it just began a five-game losing streak here very late in the season. So, again, another game that, um, you know, really could have cost David Quinn. I, I think it probably worked against him as far as, you know, him potentially getting one more season with the Rangers or not. And like I said, just a miserable, boring game to sit through and uh, to just see the Islanders basically come into Madison Square Garden and do whatever they wanted. Uh, just just a really disheartening performance there by the Rangers. But uh, that's going to pretty much do it for today. We're going to have a little bit more fun, though, uh, going forward on this show. We still have the top five best Ranger wins of the season. We're going to get into that at some point next week. That'll be a lot more fun than this countdown. But like I said, I want to keep it fair and somewhat balanced here and just kind of acknowledge the bad as we also acknowledge the good here. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.